Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. Hey, this is Coach Jared Stevens, head coach at Southwest Tennessee Community College. Mr. Sweat Now, Smile Later. I'm hanging with Ina Esco on Verbally Effective podcast. Hi, this is Bobby J, program director and morning personality for WDIA, hanging out with Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Greetings, greetings, and welcome to another edition of the Verbally Effective Podcast. I'm your host, your double E, Ina Esco, and this is the podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, entertainment with a Memphis flair. I'm so glad to be back with you guys here at Spotlight Productions. I want to send a huge shout out to Fabian Matthews and producer Tyranny for joining me today. But we're going to get right into it because I have a special guest in the building with me that I have been wanting to sit down and talk to for a very long time. You all know that I am a graduate of Lamorne on College and today I have with me the president of Lamorne on College. I am talking about one of my sorors of Alpha Kappa Alpha as well. And she is a classically trained singer amongst other things, a LeBron fan too, but we're going to talk more about that. I am talking about Dr. Vernell Bennett Fares. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know, we've spoken uh, quite a bit, um, probably over the past year, um, about just different things going on with Lamorne. How does it feel to be sitting in that seat? Great. It's an honor. It's exciting uh, mm-hmm. to see things happening on campus and in the community and the overwhelming support for Lemoyne and College. Yes. Well, we're going to talk about Lemoyne more so on the second segment, but we're going to get all into all things Dr. Vernell Bennett Fairs right now. Okay. Okay. All righty. Well, where are you originally from? I am from Lorraine, Ohio. Lorraine is about 28 miles west of Cleveland. Okay. Born and raised there. Okay, so tell me about the makeup of Lorraine, Ohio. I don't think I've ever heard of Lorraine, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Well, Lorraine is on Lake Erie. Oh. And uh, it's a middle-class community. Uh, Back in the day, the Ford companies, the steel mills, Mm. were really the economic builders of that uh, area of Ohio. Okay. So Cleveland was, you know, down the road, about 28 miles down the road. Okay. Um, And I really came into the person that I am there in Lorraine. Okay, and what was the young Vernell into growing up in Lorraine? Uh, I was a Girl Scout. Okay. Uh, I was in the choir, the special ensembles, uh, talent shows. So you started singing early in life. I I did. I was in the church choir and then all of the high uh, elementary school choir and junior school choir and high school choir. Amazing. So I've been singing for a minute. Who nurtured that gift? You know, um, does your mama sing good? No one in my and family my sings, but okay. they did support it. So then, you know, gotcha. they paid for P 
piano lessons and would take me to the fashion, sh- the, the, the concerts. Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite singer to this day is still Denise Williams. I love so, Denise Williams. Black Butterfly. Yes. I, I performed in a number of fashion uh, talent shows. Okay. I mean, Black Butterfly, Angela Wimbush is another favorite. You're so talking about Angel some real diva, talented ladies. Yes. I so, remember all of that. R&B is my favorite type of music. Okay. You know, I am classically trained, but I love the R&B sound. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so what does your family dynamic look like growing up? Were you an only child, siblings? No, I am five of seven. Wow. So I have three brothers and three sisters, the third youngest. Wow. Um, one brother re- remains in Lorraine. Okay. Uh, my parents were born and raised in Jacksonville, so they retired down south. All of my siblings are there with the exception of one brother who's in St. Louis. I'm in Memphis, and then another brother is in Lorraine. Are you guys pretty close? We are. We are. Yes. Do y'all get together often? Uh, at least twice a year. That's good. That's good. Being that everyone is, you know, in different areas. Right, but most of them are in, are in uh, Florida. So. Florida? What part? They're in Middleburg. Okay. Is, uh, outside of Orange Park, mm-hmm. not too far from Jacksonville. Okay, okay. Well, so let's talk about, you know, you're in high school over there in Lorraine, Ohio, and you're trying to figure out what college you want to go to. Tell me about that story. Well, I've always wanted to become a Jubilee singer. Okay. And there's only one place to go to do that. Okay. That's Fisk University. Yes. So I aspire to go to Fisk to become a Jubilee singer. So HBCU, you know, it's in my blood. It's been in it. It's in your blood. Are you legacy fish? I am. I am not. Okay. I am not. I'm the first person in my family to graduate from college. How did you learn about the Jubilee Singers initially? At my church, there was a a young man, Christopher Spink. Shout out to Chris. (laughs) Uh, He was a Jubilee singer. Okay. And so he would tell me about it and. Was actually a singer at that time when I was in in high school, so we're about four or five years apart. Okay, and I just started doing some research. So you knew it's going to be Fisk. I knew, I knew, I knew. Yes, mm-hmm. so I'm grateful I was able to become a singer. Okay, and so the transition from Lorraine, Ohio, to Fish University in Nashville, Tennessee. Tell me about that transition. Your major. What were your first thoughts when you got there? Mm-hmm. Um. Just being there in front of Jubilee Hall. Jubilee Hall is where all of the freshman females lived. Mm. And it is the building that was erected uh, by the Jubilee Singers when they traveled to raise monies to save the school. Uh, And so just being there in front of this building that I'd heard so much about, that was a national landmark, that was exciting. Um, But I loved the campus. I loved the sense of community and the nurturing support systems there Mm -hmm. that I found were at Kentucky State when I went there for 20 years and that are here at LOC. It really is a sense of family and nurturing support system. Mm -hmm. Uh, Loved my time there and have tried to emulate the relationships that uh, molded me there everywhere I've gone since. Yes. You know, I was recently on a trip with Lamorna in college uh, in Nashville. We were in Meharry, and Fisk was right across the street. I said, oh, there's Fisk. I don't re- I don't know if when I was in undergrad we ever visited Fisk. It was a bunch of TSU homecomings and things like that. But um, I definitely want to dig more into the history of Fisk University. Let's talk about 
our lovely sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha. Well, there's only one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so tell me about you deciding, oh, I'm going AKA, at Fisk. Okay. Now, coming from Lorraine, I didn't know about Greek organizations. Okay. I had no idea. But when I went to Fisk, there were a set of young ladies that were the scholars. Mm-hmm. They were civically engaged. They were active on the campus. They were the leaders. And I just wanted to learn more about that particular organization. Mm-hmm. So that was my introduction, the members. That was my introduction to the sorority. And that's when I began to do my research. Yes. And so in the fall of 87. <laughs> yes, fall 87. I am number 10. Number 10 of how many? Of 10. Okay, 10 they of 10. They called me the songstress. Yes. Uh, and we were 10 degrees below. Wow. Sounds good. I bet that probate oh, show was it fire. Was exciting. <laughs> it was exciting. Do you often go back to Fisk? I go back for anniversaries. So we went. I went back last year because it was uh, thirty-five years. Wow, thirty-five. Uh, we went back for the thirty years. All ten of us were there for the thirty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, all but two of us were there. Mm, yeah sometimes it's hard to get your whole line together because when we did our 20 year maybe there were two sorors that weren't present because of you know life Life. (laughs) you know I get it I get it so okay so pledged aka at Fish University um, and I know you were performing all over the place with the Jubilee Singers Yes. Tell me about that experience. Oh, that was so exciting mm-hmm. to, to travel around. You know, that is such a legacy, that group. So to be just welcomed across the country. Mm-hmm. My favorite performance was probably for the Today Show. The Today Show. Wow. And now they're a Grammy Award winning. I I'm saw so that. I saw that. That's yeah. amazing how that legacy has continued yes. to grow and be nurtured like that. So do you ever like do like alumni jubilee events with them? No, they had a Zoom call. The first one that I'd heard of last fall where they had generations of jubilee singers who mm-hmm. just came together just to kind of talk and see where mm-hmm. everyone was and just to kind mm-hmm. of remember to reminisce. I think there needs to be a throwback jubilee session going on. I think that would be good. Yes, yes. We're going to get that together, Dr. Bennett Fairs. Wow. Okay, so we kind of pretty much covered that first half of your world because the second half consists of, you know, you going into your career in leadership Mm -hmm. uh, with Kentucky State University, Mm -hmm. Delta State, Mm -hmm. and now Lamont on College. So this ends our first segment of Verbally Effective. And when we return, we're going to get all into leadership um, at, you know, your HBCUs, PWIs, um, right here on Verbally Effective with Dr. Vernell Bennett-Fairs. Hey, guys, we're back right here on Verbally Effective Podcast. I'm Ina Esco, and today I have the president of Lamorno and College, Dr. Vernell Bennett-Fairs. This is part two of the podcast. We're going to get into her leadership at universities, HBCUs. And when you graduated from Fisk University, what happened, Dr. Vernell Bennett-Fairs? After Fisk, I went to Eastern Michigan. I pursued a master's degree in vocal performance. And then after Eastern Michigan, I went to Kentucky State University. Spent okay. 20 years there. 
Okay. You want to hear about that journey? I do. I do. I began as a non-tenure track instructor of music. Okay. And then I advanced to assistant professor and then ultimately uh, tenured associate professor. Mm -hmm. And then I transitioned into administration. So my first 11 years were in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Then I became the assistant vice president for student affairs, uh, presidential liaison and special assistant to the provost, Mm. uh, assistant vice president for diversity and inclusion. And then my final role at Kentucky State was as the vice president for student affairs. Mm-hmm. It was there that I really found my love for being an advocate for students. Mm-hmm. So while there, you know, I was the advisor to the uh, the dance squad, the K-Rets. Shout okay. out to my girls. The Did K-Rets. Did for about 19 years. Okay. Uh, I created a 501c3, which is called Operation Half Note and in that program, I brought pre-kindergartners to campus to learn about music and mm-hmm. peer relations, and they would spend summers uh, learning to play instruments, and we'd have this full theatrical production. Wow. Uh, received a Governor's Award in the Arts for that program. Mm-hmm. Um, advisor to SGA, advisor to Mr. and Miss KSU, mm-hmm. coach for the academic team. So, I mean, I was just really involved on the campus. I and see. even after I transitioned to administration, mm-hmm. I was still going to band camps. So mm-hmm. Be on the field at 530. Okay. Um, run all the exercises. And yes. then go home, change, get into the office, and then get off at 5, go change, and go to the field. You were busy. But I, I, I just loved it. Yes. I loved that level of, of involvement. Including with the half noters, mm-hmm. I would still get the colleges, uh, the universities, van, go into the community to those daycares and bring those students back to campus for for music classes. Mm-hmm. So you know, my 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 happiness on a campus was interacting and engaging with the students. So amazing, those are, were some great years at K State. Okay, so let's back up a bit. Um, you were in the classroom to going into administration. How was that transition for you? It was pretty seamless. Okay. It was seamless because I'd already had these relationships across the campus, and so I could use those relationships to help me with getting students engaged, with programming, with creating learning communities, because the faculty, you know, they were my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I also served as the president of the faculty senate. I was the youngest person to do that at K-State, and I did it for two consecutive terms, and that helped me with um, creating a... Um, a liaison between the faculty and the administration, oftentimes you'll find on campus is that that's, there's some tension in that relationship. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that way at all at Kentucky State. As a matter of fact, the president at that time continues to serve as a mentor to me to this day. Wow. Do you feel that mentorship is much needed to very this much, day? Oh, very much so. You know, my dissertation research was on female African-American presidents in higher ed. Oh, wow. And at that time, there were less than 70. Mm -hmm. And a recurring theme I found from all of them was, one, it was very important to have a mentor. And two, unfortunately, black women were their greatest foes. That is just, wow. So, you know, us women, we have a hard time as it is climbing the ranks in any industry. So um, I, re- I even remember being a student at Lemoyne on and um, our, the president at the time I was there, I believe, was Dr. Johnson. But when I heard later on that women were becoming presidents at Lemoyne, I was so happy because 
I don't know many, you know, even at that time. So I know that role can be challenging in itself, um, you know, uh, uh, and very interesting as well, navigating as a woman in a leadership role. Yes. Yeah, that can be tricky. Um, yes. Yeah. Higher ed, just period. Yes, yes. Okay. So we talked about Kentucky State, and you actually left there and went to Delta State. So what happened with that? Well, at Delta State, uh, there was a vice presidency open there. Mm -hmm. It was my first time working at a PWI. Totally just loved the experience. Mm -hmm. Loved the experience. It was a different environment, however, going from HBCU to PWI. I'm sure it was. um, It was different. You know, of course, the the football games were different. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the dancers. But what I noticed the most was that sense of community that I talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, At K-State, at LOC, professors are reaching out. You don't hear from a student. They know your name. Mm -hmm. They're at your events. You're really forming a bond with those students. That really helps with retention. I didn't see that so much in the PWI Mm -hmm. where that sense of community was as strong as I've seen it at HBCUs. I agree. I agree with that. And I hear that often. I hear that often. Um, You know, Delta State, I I was there recently with my son um, with basketball. They had a huge tournament there. That was a nice campus Mm -hmm. at Delta State. How long were you there? Four and a half years. Okay. Okay. And then you got the call to come to Lamorne on College. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I have aspired to be a college or university president okay. for a while. Had the mentorships. I've done the executive leadership programs. So I was waiting for the right one. So mm-hmm. even though my friends and family knew Vernell wants to be a president, mm-hmm. um, I had to wait for the right one. Yes. And Lemoyno in college, that is the first time I submitted an application for a presidency. Wow. Really felt and believed that was the one. Mm-hmm. And um, the job perspectives where the board identified what they were looking for, they identified what the challenges were, which were identified as opportunities. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I could check those boxes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in Memphis Every Saturday for a standing appointment when I was at Delta Okay, State. okay, because you had to come and get that hair done. Yes, a standing hair appointment. You know, we got a good relationship with our um, hair dresser. Yes, they're family. <laughs> uh, it's hard when you find the right one. It's like a marriage. You got to hold on. Yes, you do. So um, after I applied, when I would come from my standing appointments, I would just drive to campus mm-hmm. and just park and imagine what what could be. Mm-hmm. What could be started buying my purple outfits because I okay was, you was getting I, ready I come on it's fashion gonna it's going to happen it's you manifested happen. it I manifested it wow uh, it's been a great experience so for those who don't know the role of a um, higher ed president especially at an HBCU a private institution mm-hmm. such as Lamont on College mm-hmm. tell the verbally effective audience what that consists wow. of. You've got to be the visionary. You've got to be an ambassador for the college or university. You've got to be able to pull all the constituencies together Mm -hmm. and help them understand the vision and be very strategic about 
helping everyone understand their role in the vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to fundraise. Mm-hmm. Do you like fundraising? I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Um, you've got to inspire individuals. Yes. You've got to get out in the community. So I, I started during the pandemic, so that was a, l- a little tricky. So we're finally starting to get out. Uh, you've got to build relationships. I've been mm-hmm. talking about four R's since I arrived. Recruitment, retention, revenue, and relationships. Mm-hmm. But the most important R is relationships. It is. So it's a number of hats, but it's a very gratifying role. Now, something that you mentioned, Dr. Bennett Fairs, was COVID. You came in at a tricky time with COVID. Um, Let's talk about that for a minute because, you know, just across the board with education, that has affected so much. I see it in my nine-year-old with how, you know, them having to come home, parents having to teach, then them going back into the classroom and seeing a big change, a big drop. Um, He's back on track now, but, you know, even at that fundamental age. But as as a college, as an institution, what have you seen were the biggest effects of COVID with the campus overall? Mental wellness. Yes, that is a big one. I've noticed that, too. we had to increase our counseling services. Okay. Um, Transitioning to a virtual format, that was a big leap for not just – especially faculty i'm sure we have to force you know they're forced to need to change their mode of delivery Mm -hmm. um so identifying support systems instructional design support systems increase improve technology so that they can be comfortable in the mode of delivery uh even students our students fare better in the classroom I fared better in the classroom. In the classroom. So <laughs> yes. in the fall, we are back to in-person only okay. with exceptions of some courses that will be online. But there will be a standard for those courses that are online. So those faculty will know if you want your class to be online, you've got to be able to check these particular boxes mm-hmm. so that it is still a quality product mm-hmm. and that students are going to be successful. Wow. And how long have you been in the role as president of Lamorna Two years. Two, two years. years January. So I'm almost okay. Almost at two and a half years. Okay, sounds good. Now, what do you feel in those two and a half years has been your biggest accomplishment at Lamont on? Oh wow. One one of my focuses was in raising the college's profile and brand recognition. Mm-hmm. Uh, strengthening the academy. And we had we resolved the third monitoring report. Our 10-year reaffirmation with our accrediting body, SAC CLC, got through that. Um, We've expanded the college's footprint. You're going to be hearing about a radio station on campus. You're going to be hearing hearing about about a communications (laughs) hub on campus. Uh, You're going to be hearing about what we're going to be doing with uh, Bethel Presbyterian, which was uh, the the church and all of its land was donated to the college. Mm. Uh, We brought more Fulbrights new certificate programs, uh, partnerships with uh, community and various corporate organizations to provide more support systems for our campus. Mm -hmm. Very proud of the 807 Day Telethon, which was the highest um, day of fundraising for the college two years in a row. Uh, Corporate sponsorships. I mean, there are a lot of great things that have happened. I'm so proud of all of them. Mm -hmm. But mostly of the campus and community and alumni coming together because they love that place. 
Yes, we do. We do. We do. Now, what do you feel is your biggest challenge as a president? Changing a culture. Yes. I guess changing a culture. So it's really important to show why the change is necessary, automating processes. We can't, if we're going to be competitive, mm-hmm. we have to perform at the level of our competitors. True. So uh, changing a culture, uh, but leading by example so that under individuals understand why I feel the change might be necessary. Because yeah. at the end, end of the day, end of the day, it's doing what's best for the college. That's just my focus. Yes, and it's always hard to change a culture because that is something that's just so deeply embedded in individuals. Mm-hmm. So I wish you luck. <laughs> if you need any help. From a help, magician, I wish from you From a luck. magician. If you need any help with anything, you let me know. Um, now, how's your relationship with the board? Because I know that they are very influential, you know, for this institution. We have a great board, uh, and they're very connected. Yes. Uh, so they have used their networks to help me advance the college. Good. County representation, city representation, corporate representation mm-hmm. have turned into grants, um, awards, yep. resources that will support the college. That's good. That's good. You got a good team. There's a lot of, you know, amazing alumni from Luma 101, and I'm sure you're meeting a lot of them that are very active in the Memphis community. Yes. Yes. And it has helped me in my journey of advancing the college. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So what is your vision for Luma 101? I want LOC to be a top-tier liberal arts institution. Not just HBCU, mm-hmm. I mean liberal arts institutions. Yes. Um, expanding our degree offerings. Uh, cybersecurity is now our program of distinction. And identifying that program because it distinguishes us mm-hmm. in the state, in the country. So find what makes us special and capitalize off of that. Mm-hmm. So seeing that technology and innovation research center Erected on the campus, mm-hmm. you'll see a marching band in the fall. So growing okay, up marching programs, band in the fall. I like that. Expanding our certificate offerings. Okay. There is a enro- an enrollment cliff that's coming in higher ed. Okay. So everyone doesn't want an associate or bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Some want specialized training. So expanding True. our certificate offerings uh, and increasing our retention, increasing mm-hmm. our enrollment, increasing our graduation rate. Our, I told you earlier, our new student enrollment increased 48%. Mm. Our intention, our retention increased 9%. We want to continue to build those numbers because that's the report card. That's how the college is being assessed. So when you sure. see these reports on U.S. News and World Report, what is your graduation rate? What's your retention rate? They want to know those numbers. Card? Post-graduation placement. Mm-hmm. Those are the numbers that make up our report card. Sounds like a nice report card, Dr. Bennett Ferris. And you mentioned specialized training. That is so true because a lot of these high school seniors, college isn't always a college. A four year college degree is not always at the top of the list. But, um, you know, specialized training, such as you mentioned, certifications and different things that they think they can go right into. These kids want to get right to the bag. True. Have you noticed that? Yes, I've noticed that. That's true. <laughs> so those certificates, we have one, and it's a partnership with the city of Memphis. Mm-hmm. And it's a five-year entrepreneurial 
individuals who aspire to I like entrepreneurship. That. I like that. Five credit, five three credit classes be done in five weeks. Oh, Bank of America is sponsoring that first cohort. So in the summer, you see the first cohort, and those students will need to pay anything. Amazing, amazing! Wow. It's a lot of good stuff on the horizon. Yes, there's magic happening on Walker Avenue. Magic, <laughs> magic, the magicians. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you about Lemoyne on College, um, where do you see the college with a football team? You know people have really been riding out this football narrative. Is that something that's talked about? That has been Is it necessary? About, well, it's a huge re- recruiter. Mm-hmm. However, it costs a lot to start a football team. So I can imagine. So you about a million and a half. So there have been studies, uh, feasibility studies conducted um, to determine whether that's something that would be beneficial to the college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there has been some discussion about that. Okay. I, I, can, I can see it. I can see it. A million and a half donors, alumni. A million and a half. I think that would help me convince the board. <laughs> I think that would help me convince the board. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So we've gotten into all things LLC. Um, you know, I hear that you are a huge fan of LeBron James. That is correct. Now let's talk about correct. it because it is playoff season and the Grizzlies are in the playoffs against your beloved LeBron James with the Lakers. How are you feeling? Who are you rooting for? Is it LeBron and the crew or the Grizzlies? I, of course, am (laughs) rooting for the Grizzlies. (laughs) Okay. But, but, uh, yes, I love LeBron. You love LeBron. What do you love love about LeBron? Well, you know, that's my home team. So True. That's my home team. and uh, Ohio. Yes. Okay. I got you. Mm-hmm. I got and you. And Cleveland is literally like 28 miles down the road. So that, mm-hmm. that's literally my home team. But um, his work ethic, you know, both on and off the field. On and off. You know, off the court. Yes. Um, he's an exciting player. Mm-hmm. He's the GOAT. Um, oh, he the GOAT. I, I love Michael as well. Okay. But um, Kobe. Yes, I can appreciate Kobe's talent. Yes, yes. But I love I love LeBron. Gotcha. But I am go Grizz. You know, go Grizz. That's, that's the home team, right? That's my home team. So you gotta go for the home mm-hmm. team, but we mm-hmm. understand the love and the dedication right. to LeBron James. And we are currently at one and one. Mm-hmm. How do you think this oh, series will unfold? Uh, what, what does that mean, Doctor Rodell? I may have gained a couple of fans during this thirty minutes. <laughs> Daggers are coming at me. I, I, no comment. No comment. No comment. No comment. Okay. I'm going to win either way. How about that? Either way. Either way. Uh, you know, after the second game that we won without some of our best players, that is true. certain players stepped up on the Grizzlies. That is true. Um, what was the young man that played for the Grizzlies that had spoke about LeBron? I can't think of his name. No, I don't know. Look, look, but, but, but what he did say was that, and, and I think he wants to be a bad boy so bad, that's why he said this, that LeBron was old. What do you have to say about that, Dr. Vernell Bennett-Fairs? Well, I keep saying I don't want to lose any fans at this You're point. not going to lose any but, fans. Um, that young man, and I don't know who it was, he should aspire to be performing at LeBron's level, Ooh. at LeBron's age. You, know, so. you heard what she said. 
So I like that. That he's still on the court competing. Mm-hmm. Right. It's most impressive. Yes. So at that level, at that, at that level. age, mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. moment in his career. So if a Memphian is saying this a long time, it's Memphian true. Is saying it's facts. This? It's facts. It's there facts. We go. But go Grizz. Go Grizz. I go said Grizz. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dr. Vernell Benefares. My soror, this is a segment for Verbally Effective. There's a moment of transparency between us, and I need you to say this Memphis colloquialism. I need you to repeat after me. Bring it. Amen. Say mine. Amen. Say mine. Oh, I like that. I like how you did that. <laughs> oh, wow. Say it again. Amen. Say mine. Amen. Say mine. Have you heard the kids or anybody at LeMoyne say this? I have not. You have not, but you will go. You will going forward. I promise you. Okay. It, it, okay. It, it's out there in the sphere in Memphis. Okay. So this is a moment of transparency between you and I. Where do you see yourself in your career and personal life mm-hmm. in the next ten years? Mm-hmm. Um, I see myself as having had a wonderful run here. Mm-hmm continue to advance the college. Um, my personal life, I've only been married three years, so. Three years? Yes. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Um, yes. But I see myself as having put LOC back on the map where it belongs. Yes. Returned her to her eminence. Yes. Uh, and created more history because there is a lot of history. So much. A lot of history. And when I tell the recruiters and I tell others, we want to create more history. We don't want to talk about the Hollis F. Prices or the Lowry's or the Harrington's. We want to talk about them, but we need to create more Lowry, Harrington, Price stories. I agree. So that's my focus. I love it. I love it. And I love the fact that you are blazing trails here at my alma mater, Lamorna College, here in Memphis. And if you need any support from me, I am here for you, Soror. I promise you. You're doing a great job. Thank you. I appreciate this audience. Yes. And any advice for, I would say, students that are thinking about choosing an HBCU such as Lamorna? What would you say to them? I want them to come to the campus. You know, they're at LOC. They're going to find the best of both worlds. They're going to find the resources, the networks, the scholarship opportunities that you might find at the larger schools, but you're also going to find this community sense of support, a family family support system that are typically at those smaller schools. True. It is it is the best of both worlds. You know, when I say students have my cell number, open door policy across the campus. Mm-hmm. And so many opportunities to find yourself, grow yourself, and excel right there at Lemoyne on College. That is so true. That is so true and much needed for this particular generation coming into an institution now. You know, it's just a different generation. They they need everything you just said. They need it, especially right now. Well, thank you for coming to Verbally Effective. I have enjoyed you, Dr. Vernell Bennett-Ferris. I want you to let the Verbally Effective audience know how they can continue to follow your amazing journey. Oh, thank you so much. You can email me at president at loc.edu. 
I'm on all social media platforms as Magic Madam P. That is too cute. Uh, <laughs> and um, I'm always open to visit your school, your college, your business, your student organization, your youth organization to talk about the wonderful things happening at Lemoyne and College. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Vernell Bennett Ferris, Madam President thank over you. there at Lemoyne on College. Uh, make sure you continue to follow her amazing journey and stay connected at all of the amazing things that are going on at LOC. I know I keep you guys posted on my social media. I want you to follow the president, Dr. Vernell Bennett Ferris, as well to stay engaged. This is a Memphis gym. The only HBCU here in Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you guys so much for tuning in yet again to the Verbally Effective Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on all platforms that Ina Esco YouTube channel as well. I'll see you guys next week.